exclusive interview with the founder of Cadena. Today, we have Stuart Popejoy, the co-founder of Cadena, who's going to reveal everything to us. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of The Bean Pod is sponsored by BitGet. BitGet is the most user-friendly and secure crypto trading platform for both beginners and experienced traders. BitGet is the best place to not only trade Bitcoin and Ethereum, but also all the small cap gems that we discuss every day. With 24-7 customer support, leverage trading, and a wide array of other advanced features, BitGet sets itself apart from every other centralized exchange. Through Beanstalk's official partnership with BitGet, you'll receive 15% off all trading fees when you sign up using the referral link in the description. views expressed by speakers on the bean pod are solely their opinions you should not treat any opinion expressed on the bean pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy but only as an expression of their opinion this podcast is for informational purposes only welcome to the bean pod this is shane aka the jolly green investor and this is josh the nifty investor today we have a very special episode where we have an exclusive interview with the founder of cadena himself Stuart popejoy this is a rarity. Stuart, welcome to the show. Great to be here, guys. Lovely. Thanks for having me. Let's jump right into it. I know a number of our viewers and listeners are very familiar with Cadena. So for anybody who's new to our channel and any new listeners out there, maybe you could elaborate on what exactly is Cadena and what problems are you solving? Sure, yeah. So uh, I'm Stuart Popejoy. I'm the founder of Cadena. And uh, Cadena uh, is a company that me and my co-founder uh, founded in 2016. And we launched our network in 2019. We're the only scalable proof of work blockchain, and to our minds, the only scalable blockchain uh, in crypto. And we have to make to complete that a simple and secure smart contract language called Pact. Um, the big uh, selling point of Cadena is that we solve what's what the blockchain community likes to call the trilemma. Um, usually it's like security, scalability, and decentralization. You can only have two. Um, we're like, why not three? Um, because our network can, because we use a braided chains technique to bring many blockchains together into a single network, we can add chains whenever we need to provide more scalability and most importantly, keep uh, you know transaction times and most importantly, gas under control. And that means that while other projects claim to be scalable in the sense that they say, oh, we're, you know, we're fast or we can do this many transactions per second, problem is they hit a hard limit or it's a non-uniform network. Uh, in our case, we have true horizontal scalability. We can scale to any demand on demand. Interesting, right. So you know, we've been covering Cadena on this channel for, for years now. And the fact that you guys, you know, I'll be honest, a lot of projects in crypto say they've solved the trilemma. You know, you can go onto the, the website of almost any layer one. Everyone says they're the most scalable. They've solved the trilemma and all that stuff. But what really attracted us to Cadena from the start was, one, the technology that you just kind of briefly described. And two, was your experience, right? So prior to Cadena, you led JP Morgan's emerging blockchain group. So that, you know, Josh and I always like to look at what's the team doing? What kind of experience does the team have? Do they have any really interesting connections that could kind of put their project in the lead in certain ways. So can you tell us about that experience and how it has maybe helped build Cadena to where it is today? 
Sure. So, uh, you know, a little bit about me. I've been in technology since the 90s. Um, in around 2000, I came to New York and started working in trading exchange technology, ending up at JP Morgan in 2011 um, and uh, building uh, trading systems that were handling like, you know, 600 million, 700 million a day of volume. Um, and uh, I moved into the uh, emerging technology group, which would become the blockchain group, um, because that was obviously where uh, the, you know, where the excitement and where the innovation was happening uh, in enterprise technology at that time. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the key thing to note there is that um, if you've worked on the systems of the scale and especially in financial, uh, you know, with financial networks and things like that, you know that um, you, you can say all you want about how good your technology is, but you actually have to, you have to have experience with something that has actually like fallen over a few times and really handled the kinds of uh, things that like a production environment can throw at you um, before you can start talking about things like scalability because scalability is different for every, every uh, case you throw at it. So when we came out with a private blockchain, we came out with a more scalable private blockchain. When we switched to public, we weren't going to just go out there with something that we knew could would fall over. I mean, that was a theme when we were at uh, the um, oh, and my co-founder I hired at the blockchain group because he had great experience as well, not just financial, but he had also worked at the SEC. Um, it, he actually was one of the founding members of their cryptocurrency steering committee. Um, so there's, in general, like we you know we come at this from the point of view of like what's actually going to work, you know what giant's shoulders can we stand upon as opposed to like making it all up ourselves. There's a thing in crypto, which is that uh, there's a focus on cryptography, understandably. Um, but we look, at, uh, we look at a lot of the cryptographic problems, at least as, insofar as they impact scalability as largely solved problems. And we wanna bring something to the, you know, to humanity that actually works and can actually scale uh, to, uh, you know, without, really having to make any excuses. And finally, we like proof of work because proof of work has the, you know, is superior from a security point of view, it's superior from a decentralization point of view. And its biggest problem was that it was not efficient. And so scalability doesn't just make it that we can service any need. It also means that we solve the biggest problem with proof of work, which is that it's inefficient. Yeah, that's, that's ex an excellent point. Uh, expanding on the proof of work scalability, you know, everything that Bitcoin claims to be and what it is, and you guys are making that better. And it's excellent to hear that you've been in the space since, since since the 90s because you have a lot of projects coming out where people don't necessarily have the expertise. Like, oh, crypto's hot. I'll just start a crypto project. But you've been doing this for years. And you alluded to something uh, about the other co-founder. Uh, I believe his name is William Martino. And he is the current president and you mentioned something about the SEC, and he helped start the SEC's crypto group or the crypto committee. Has this, in fact, helped shape Cadena's compliance measures at all? And if so, how has this connection helped with, you know, getting clarity from the SEC? Because we haven't really seen much in the space so far. Uh, don't look to the SEC for clarity. Um, <laughs> that's not coming. Um, and, you know, we're, uh, we're kind of neutral on the SEC in terms of, like, um, you know, we understand what they're trying to do, but uh, I think there's, you know, room for improvement, to say the least. 
but um, but we are sympathetic to what the you know to the idea of protecting investors and all that kind of stuff. Also, it's just important to note that Bitcoin enjoys a very special place in the you know regulatory universe in the sense that it's considered a straight up commodity, and that is directly because of proof of work. Mm. So um, so that definitely informed our choice of using proof of work. Although uh, it's also because there are things about proof of work that make it usable for horizontal scalability. And that's what, you know, our original paper, the original chain web paper that we presented at the Stanford uh, Science and Blockchain Conference in 2018 is, you know, is based on that, uh, you know, that gauntlet uh, that we had Tarun of Gauntlet, you know, uh, involved with, not to mention Stuart Haber, speaking of people who've been in blockchain since, the, actually been in blockchain since the 90s, our advisor. Um, that that where you actually can scale proof of work in a way that you cannot scale proof of stake. Um, you know, so there's always new work going on, but the point being is that even there we were using concepts that already existed. We were using the Adam Back paper on side chains, you know, before uh, you know, before lightning existed, they were talking about doing a similar thing to what we ended up doing. We just added graph theory to that and made it possible that you could have networks of any size. But you can only do that with proof of work. Yeah, we've definitely started to see a bit more of a movement back towards proof of work. You know, I think there was a huge movement towards proof of scale with, you know, the rise of Ethereum over the last, you know, five, what eight, five years or whatever. But then it seemed like there was a lot of attention back onto proof of work projects. For example, we saw a massive run, you know, Caspa became very popular, obviously with the Bitcoin ETFs and everything. Proof of work with Bitcoin is coming back into the spotlight. But what we've, we've been covering, as I mentioned, Kadena on this show for a while, and we've talked about things that differentiate Kadena's proof of work from other projects, things such as as the gas stations, whereas Kadena has um, technology that can help pay for the gas um, in transactions, um, and then also the different ways that you guys scale. So can you maybe just continue along your last point and tell us what exactly about the proof of work that Kadena is building makes it so special compared to the other projects that are all also working on proof of work? Well, I think one of the main things is that since I have a background in actually scaling uh, industrial scale systems, is that one of the most important things you can do is understanding what scaling does and what it doesn't do. Um, you know, you talk to a lot of these projects and they make it sound like you're going to get scaling for free and you're going to get a pony and everything's going to be just wonderful. But the fact of the matter is that what we provide is a, a horizontal plane of linked blockchains. And that is the most powerful idea that you can have right now in crypto because um, it doesn't magically, it doesn't, it doesn't claim that like all those are, you know, that like something happening on this chain magically shows up on this chain. It doesn't. Something that happens on this chain, you know, it, it's extremely easy to message it over to the other chain. You can do so securely, trustlessly. Um, one of the ways we like to talk about Kadena is that we don't have to go layer two centric like Ethereum did because we're already a layer two to ourselves. If you need, like if you find, it's not that individual chains can't get congested and sometimes even have a small spike in the price of gas. The point being is there's something you can do about it. You can go to another chain. You can, you can actually protect yourself against situations where you might uh, run into congestion by scaling your app over four or five chains. Um, but the point being is that it doesn't try to solve everything for you and it doesn't try to come at you with a token centric point of view or an NFT centric point of view. It just says, 
here is the here is the network, here is the substrate you can develop on, you can solve that problem in multiple ways. Um, and if and whenever we get to the point where right now we launched with, or you know we launched with ten chains, uh, we scaled without a hitch, without an outage to twenty chains uh, in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty maybe the summer of 2020, and we can scale to 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000. So it's something that we've shown that we can do, and we will do it whenever is needed. And, uh, and that's just different because if you look at a lot of the, the scaling solutions, they, they make it sound like um, you know a developer isn't going to have to worry about it, and they're never going to run into problems. And if you've been in the industry, you've heard these things before. There were things like, you know, financial industry, people are always trying to sell things to financial industry in the 2000s. It was these uh, distributed hash maps that are going to make it that you never had to worry about where your data was. Nobody in, in, uh, in FinTech uses that stuff or in trading tech uses that stuff. Everybody in trade tech knows that you have to understand your scaling solution down to the very bottom of your stack. Otherwise, it's going to eat you alive. So with Kidana, you don't have to worry about there's always a chain waiting for you that has the capacity you need. Um, but it's not going to like magically move you over to that chain. You know, you have to, as a, as a builder, you need to plan out what your resource usage is, and then you need to develop accordingly. 10 to 20 changes very quickly there. And then, you know, mentioning that you can go to a hundred, is it really easy to go from 20 to 30 chains or 20 to hundred chains? Like, is it instant or yeah, like... line of code? Wow. I but... mean, it doesn't happen automatically because, and that's by design because, you know, uh, you want there's a, a period in which you want to you know you want to the, the the network adjusts a little and um you know so when we did it it was it was pretty uh I, that's why it's really great that we did it is that we know what it looks like we've done it and now we can do it again and we know exactly what's involved but it's not dynamic it's something that we would do uh you know when you know we could have already i mean this is one of the things that makes Cadena different we could have already scaled to 50 chains. We could have already scaled to 100 chains, mm. but we haven't hit full utilization. We still have, we have, you know, basically free gas on Cadena. So, <laughs> yeah, just, know, so like, I made a swap, swap there a day. It's 100 bucks. Yeah. On ETH. Ethereum. Yeah. So. yeah. so we're not going to do it until, you know, we're going to, we're going to do it and we're going to do, we're not going to wait and, you know, we're going to be ahead of the game on it because that's easy. It's an easy thing to do. Um, but yeah, it's something, it's, it, it would go out with a network, uh, it would be a network fork you know, like we do regularly to upgrade the. Okay, great. Platform. That helps me wrap my, my head around it. Cause it sounds like it's a huge thing to have to move it. Um, so the scalability for Cadena sounds excellent. So you guys are making make, uh, have been making a huge splash with this brand new marketing campaign in new Cadena. And one of the very first things on your website, your brand new website is welcome to layer H. And it claims that there are no other layer one or layer two solutions capable of scaling to serve all of humanity. Could you tell us a little bit more about New Cadena and this Layer H? Yeah, so I mean, Layer H is a representation of how our technology is meant to serve humans. So this is part of our vision. Our vision is that um, that you know the internet and crypto as well has not served humanity like it should. Um, you know, it, it's pretty obvious on the internet. I mean, people are you know I think things are looking a little better for crypto, but you know, crypto has come in for a lot of criticism about what it you know claims it's made. And what it's actually achieved, I, you know, that's I, that's indisputable. But like, uh, you know, but we're believers in crypto, and we're here to be part of the solution, and that's what Layer H is about for crypto. But you know, but when you talk about the internet as well, you're talking about something where 
centralization, um, you know, where your information is bought and sold, where as a user, you're the product, you're not the, you know, you're not the client, you're the product. Um, this is something that we're big believers in crypto because we believe that crypto can provide a new model to humanity. And that's why the, that's why, you know, it's important that we get past some of these roadblocks we're hitting with layer one, layer two, roll-up centric, you know, um, you know, some of the things that we're starting to see with uh, optimism, you know, with optimistic layer twos, you know, Ethereum's moving to this layer two cent uh, centric uh, architecture, which is great, you know, and it's a great way to like make Ethereum serve more people. But the point is, is that then you need layer twos that aren't flaky. And one of the great things is that as we start rolling out the hyperlane bridge, as, we, as the stuff we're doing with Lurk comes online, we're going to be able to interact with that roll-up centric part of Ethereum and, and bring that world to Cadena. And the great news is when you come over, it's not going to immediately turn into the same kind of situation where as soon as, as, soon as, as that increased adoption happens, all of a sudden you're back to the same thing where you have ridiculous gas prices. And it's important to understand what something like ridiculous gas prices do socially. What, you know, because like a whale can trade on a DEX and it doesn't matter if the transaction costs a hundred bucks because, you know, they're moving like 10,000, 100,000, whatever they're moving. Um, but it's when people want to use these things for, you know, more human scale kinds of things and not just speculation. Mm. It's important that these costs stay, stay low. And it's, you know, this is why scalability is not just about, that's why we really are, you know, we're really excited about our bridge efforts because we really want to bring this, you know, bring this like kind of uh, truly scalable uh, layer to all of humanity. And that includes Ethereum. That includes the people who are using all the assets on Ethereum. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, ever since the dawn of uh, 2024, we've seen a ton of very interesting and exciting things come out from Cadena's camp. A lot of teasing of potential integrations, new product launches, partnerships. And this all kind of comes, you know, in conjunction with the new Cadena, the Layer H. So is there anything you can tell us, you know, maybe describe a few of the most important product launches or integrations coming in the near future, you know, for, for the Cadena community members? Is there anything you can get us hyped up on? Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I'm a technologist, so like I'm pretty interested in the stuff that's going on with WebAuthn, um, SpireKey, the Cadena SpireKey, uh, because what it really does is it bridges the gap between blockchain technology and the rest of humanity by providing a Web2 level user experience. Because, um, you know, the thing, one of the things we really want to do, and this really gets into more about Pact, is that like one of the things that Pact had right from the jump uh, was multi-sig like it it's as easy to secure your account with two three you know ten signatures as it is to use a single signature and in fact pact is designed to make it that the developer can't stop you from using multi-sig um, but you know there's a ux problem there because you know most blockchains are single signature that you know I, even though they you know bitcoin of course supports any number of uh algorithms but you know Ethereum being kind of the main offender here uh, historically, although, you know, there's great things like Gnosis. Um, but the point is, is that you have to be, you know, like the people who are doing something like multi-sig are wonky, you know, serious crypto heads who like are, you know, like the kind of people who keep all their funds on their, uh, on their hardware wallet. We all know most of the people in the universe keep their crypto on an exchange. You know, that's like fully centralized technology. How do we get away from this? We make it that 
that owning coins and securing them is as simple as signing with your phone, signing with your computer, signing with your watch, you know, uh, you know, having your, you know, uh, spouse come in and sign, you know, things like that, and making it that it's easy and seamless, and it's just as easy as using any application on the web. And that's what Cadena's hierarchy is all about. Yeah, I think that's what it's all about. You know, you're talking about layer H, the human layer, and that being able to get these people in who don't have the money for gas, don't understand Web3 technology, and making it seamless for this adoption. I'm curious to know, are you guys you know, with your background from JP Morgan, are you guys geared more towards institutional adoption or more of the retail consumer side of things? And if so, can you maybe elaborate on some of the partnerships or collaborations or adoption you're currently seeing? Yeah, I I think we're still very focused on, I I suppose what we'd call retail, but I think that's one of the, that's one of the things that makes, uh, you know, that, I mean, look, I've worked for the biggest, exchanges out there, you know, and, and on the biggest systems out there. And the only people who participate in those systems are, you know, registered participants and things like that. The whole point of crypto is that there's no gatekeepers, you know, that uh, uh, a retail investor can trade alongside the biggest uh, coin holder there is. So, um, you know, so like some of the things we're doing is, we're, you know, bringing more Oracle providers in. Um, you know, we're even doing things like, uh, there, you know, we're going to be launching, uh, a, a bonding operation that is going to power our kit process and, and a lot of our community processes. Um, and, you know, and a lot of what we're trying to do is work with partners to like increase things like, you know, TVL, total value lock, things like that. Um, the biggest one is really the hyperlane, the biggest one that's coming soon is the hyperlane bridge integration because, um, they, you know, connecting to that system opens us up to a much bigger world. So it's one of those kind of fundamental things. And it's the same when Lurk comes online, um, because Lurk, uh, you know, they just signed an agreement with Wormhole, which is the you know biggest bridge out there. So, and, you know, and, and day one with Lurk, you know, day one with Hyperlane, day one with Lurk, we're going to be able to interact with Ethereum. We're going to be able to interact with other blockchain systems. So, um, so a lot of our partnership efforts up until now have been kind of like at this infrastructure layer. So that includes also um, working with my Ether wallet and uh, Snaps, you know. So um, you haven't like watched this space because that this is about to explode. I can't really talk about some of the partnerships that are coming just yet because it's once we have these core things in place, it allows it allows the kind of floodgates to open. Um, but, but we need these, like these core, uh, you know, these core pieces of infrastructure to get us out to the bigger world. Right. No, that makes sense for sure. And I mean, you know, a lot of what happens in crypto, as you just so eloquently described happens behind the scenes. And it's a lot about building infrastructure and building bridges. And so everything can connect, but at the end of the day, you know, one of the things that Josh and I talk about a lot on the show is crypto narratives, right? And I think narratives and Things that consumers and, you know, quote unquote retail can understand a lot easier does a great job of onboarding, you know, millions, hundreds of millions of people into crypto and billions of dollars into crypto. For example, you know, the AI narrative lately has has brought a lot of people into Web3. We saw crypto gaming, we saw metaverse and, you know, the tokenization of real world assets narrative. All these things are just a bit easier for, you know, non-technical background people to understand where blockchain and crypto technology can come in. 
you know, for example, with gaming, people can understand, okay, we own our in-game assets. Or with AI being decentralized, they can compare it to Bitcoin, whereas, you know, Bitcoin was the decentralized solution to finance, whereas decentralized AI can bring the power back to the people. So my question would be, what is your opinion on, on the role of narratives in crypto? And are there a few different narratives that you see Kadena becoming a big player in? Are there things that you're focused on? Or is it just kind of when the narratives come to you, you build? You know, how does that kind of work? I mean, it, it's a little of both uh, because I think, you know, being 100% honest, you know, Kadena it has always been in kind of a funny situation from a business and adoption point of view because we kind of solved everything up front, but it meant we were doing everything very differently. If you look at the vast majority of projects, they've all turned into Solidity clones at some point, with, the, with very few exceptions like Solana, you know, being, being the big one. Um, and, you know, I think Solana is a good example of something that had a narrative, and their narrative was really around Serum and, you know, uh, uh, trading technology and stuff like that. Um, you know, one of the things, for instance, we're working with the Hackachain, uh, they're, they're launching the uh, ZK privacy wallet on Kadena called OPACT wallet. Um, but the benefit here is that addresses and transactions can be kept anonymous while still being AML compliant. So a lot of what I think where Kadena fits in is it's kind of like we're doing enabling technology to make new possibilities for these use cases. So I'm really excited about these these initial projects because they will open up like I mean the the lurk thing in a way can't be overstated because right now ZK technology is the only way to do an actual trustless bridge. You know, trustless bridges, decentralized bridges are a unicorn that nobody's ever seen. Um all bridges eventually come down to some kind of multi-sig. There's all sorts of risks involved. Um and when we launched with ZK, for the first time maybe in the history of crypto, you don't, it, 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 it kind of can't be overstated what happens when you take the middleman out of a bridge. Because that means that like, you know, the average retail investor or anybody can directly mint like a wrapped token themselves. And th there's no risk. Like there's no, like right now there's tremendous kind of uh, regulatory uh, economic, there's so much risk tied up in chains. And it's going to be one of these things that eventually we're going to be like, wow, that's, we're going to look back and be like, wow, that was really strange. Like, how, how did that, how, how did you have like, you know, billions of dollars going over these bridges that were like so shaky and so insecure? <laughs> so, Crazy. you know, so like, I mean, but, you know, but it, it does make things a little bit tricky for Ganena sometimes because we're, we're trying to solve the fundamental problems and it takes a long time to solve these problems. You know, it's, it's taken us a while to figure out where we fit into the roll up centric universe. It's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, crypto keeps changing and, uh, you know, and we're kind of doing things our own way and, you know, and bringing these solutions that don't really exist today. So it brings challenges with it, but like, I'm so happy to be working with the caliber of the partners that we're working with right now because they share our vision and they want to make the same things happen alongside of us. So, you know, it's one of these things, 2024 is a huge year for Kena because, you know, we've got some really exciting stuff more on the brand front. You know, we've got stuff with, you know, we're, we're, we're wanting to launch stuff with gaming and sports and, you know, many different, you know, stuff that's going to like, you know, to, you know, to the, you know, like you're saying, like the narrative, uh, 
I mean, I personally, I think Spire Key and making like custody, like warm and fuzzy, you know, like the classic thing, like you take your grandpa or something like that, you know, like you can own crypto and it's not scary. Like, yeah. I mean, what a concept, you know? So I'm excited about that, but you know, that's, even that's a little wonky. I think once we get these things really up and running is when you're going to start seeing those, the narratives show up that are, you know, that are really going to cut through to people because again, we're trying to like change it from the ground up. Yeah, for sure. No, I can read between the lines here. It's like, look, you're, there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. Infrastructure wise, the narratives will come. A lot of things are going to blossom once you guys have all those pieces in play. Now, when you talked about, you know, your experience and the people you work with, I just wanted to circle back to something you said earlier in the episode about Dr. Stuart Haber. He's uh, cited as the co-inventor of blockchain and the most cited author in Satoshi's Nakamoto 2008 Bitcoin white paper. And he is on the Kadena advisory team. So I just wanted to ask more, a little bit more about him. You know, how did he come into the fold? What kind of contributions is he making to the project? And yeah, just interested to learn about that person. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, Stuart Haber is a giant. Um, <laughs> and he he got involved with the Kadena story very early, like before launch. Um, and he's one of the authors of the Chainweb security paper. So he's not just an advisor. He's somebody who really was part of what made Chainweb go and allowed us to launch Kadena. So, and he's a huge proponent of Pact. That's why they launched uh, an NFT collection with a very innovative uh, uh, economic model on Marmalade. You know, Marmalade being, uh, you know, there's, I could talk forever about Marmalade in terms of, you know, like the kinds of things that we brought to NFT uh, in terms of being able to innovate, you know, different kinds of models and not just do the same kind of like, you know, hype up a collection and mint it anonymously. You know, you can do a bunch of different things with Marmalade. And so they are able to launch a very innovative uh, NFT collection on Marmalade uh, last fall. And, uh, you know, and it, the the sale went pretty well, um, you know, which not a great time for NFTs last fall. Um, True. Uh, but, um, and it's because he's a huge believer in Pact too. Um, but uh, no, Stuart Haber, I mean, uh, it, 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 can't be overstated what he what he and uh, Scott Scarnetta contributed when they launched. You know, they they basically did a New York Times classified powered blockchain starting in 1996 that's still running um, for for uh, basically timestamping documents. You know, uh, by the way, a use case that like people talk about all the time in crypto, they've been doing it since the 90s. Um, And, uh, you know, so it's it's something where, again, you know, I mean, I actually think that when, you know, talking about the Satoshi white paper, again, you know, you can see a similar thing. He didn't invent, it's funny because he actually doesn't talk up one of the things he did invent, which is kind of the Bitcoin script and, and some of the ways that like Bitcoin actually put some of these ideas in action, but the kind of enabling technologies all existed. Like it was, it was purposing stuff that was out there to, to make something radically new happen. And that spiritually is where Cadena is coming from. And that's why, you know, like we're very grateful to Ethereum, you know, for making smart contracts a reality um, and, you know, and, and making DeFi a reality and, you know, and just, you know, really like showing people that you can do Bitcoin, you know, kind of, you know, now there's more interesting things going on with Bitcoin, of course, but of course, scalability is going to be, a, is a huge problem there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of crazy that Ethereum didn't like really take scaling more seriously as well. But, you know, let's focus on what they did that's positive. 
uh, you know, Bitcoin was the first one, and there was a focus on, again, standing on the shoulders of giants like Stuart Haber to, you know, bring something to the people. And that's something we really spiritually connect with. And that's what our vision is too, is to take the next step. Well, I don't know about you, Shane, but listening to Stuart today got me super excited about Kadena. Yep. Um, you guys have a stack team with advisors. You have built, been building something from the core, from the ground up for years now. Um, so I'm really excited for what Kadena is going to be bringing out in the future. So before we leave, Maybe you could give us one thing that you're looking forward to from Kadena this year. The next big thing. I mean, I'm, you know, we're, I, I don't want to tease too hard, but we really are like, we, we've been chasing up a number of really interesting sports things like, because I think sports has some really nice uh, ways. It's fan experience stuff, you know, so it's not speculation. It's really using, and it's not ticketing. It's something where you're actually bringing like an experience to fans. You know, I'm uh, I'm I'm personally not a huge sports person as much as I'm a huge music person. You know, so but the, but that makes me connect with the fan experience and things like that. So you know, personally, that's something. And then of course, from a you know from a brand extension, that's going to be super exciting. But you know, I wish I could say more. But. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, okay. Me too. Now, <laughs> Josh and I are huge sports guys. Um, we play sports, we follow sports, we talk about sports all the time. So that is very much music to our ears. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, look, Stuart, thanks a lot for coming on today. Um, that was that was really informative. I'm pretty excited about the future of Kadena. Fantastic. It's great talking to you guys, and thanks for the great questions. Hey, lovely. Hey, all you listeners out there, make sure you guys tune into the next episode. That one is going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.